0: Rightio, we have more than a game this week, we're going to be travelling back to 1995 and uh, what a season this club produced. Like It was an amazing winning season and uh, it ended up with a climax of the Carlton Footy Club winning their 16th VFL slash AFL Premiership by 61 points over the Cats. And the man who dominated this day and to reminisce ahead of uh, tomorrow night's or tonight's big game between the Blues and the Cats... He had an amazing 31 disposals, three tackles in this grand final, and by his words last year when we spoke to him, and he's a big fan of our show, he got robbed of the Norm Smith. Clearly. And that's Anthony Cootafides. G'day, Cootah! How are you, boys? <laughs> did <laughs> I say that?
1: Did I last laugh? <laughs> year?
0: No, it's not a good way to start, is <laughs> it? <laughs> no, you certainly did. Like, I mean, you did, but I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, 30 disposals in a grand final should get you the medal. Mate.
1: Mate, you would think so. Any other game, maybe. I was not playing on the wing, getting tagged by their best tagger, but Diesel was just running around doing whatever he wanted like you always. He kicked five, though. He had the same amount of possession to kick five. He deserved it. <laughs> but I said the boys a light in the first half, I can say. That, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, Cooter, it was here. If everyone didn't love you enough already, which your whole career you've been loved and everyone that we talk to that knows you says you're such a nice person but you are currently cooking dinner for your mum is that right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm about to anyway boys yeah she's not overly well the poor thing oh. yeah she's a uh, cop yeah she's had two strokes now so Needs a little bit of help, but I always think of all the help that she gave us. Uh, she had three boys, and I lost my father 25 years ago, somehow she stayed strong throughout it all. And I always say I never would have made footy if it wasn't for Mum and Dad. But, uh, yeah, so just trying to repay her back. And uh, as difficult as it is, she's, uh, yeah, I always think of the times that she helped out. So I oh. can't say no to her.
2: Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Like, my Mum's probably uh, my biggest fan. She's listening at the moment. Um, just on... If we go well, before... Firstly, what are we cooking? I mean, I yeah. can imagine it would be an amazing dish because yeah, you'd I be an amazing cook.
1: cook. Uh, please, boys, I had a European mum and a uh, European wife. I've got nothing fancy, very plain. <laughs> I'll <I'm laughs> tell you, maybe a little bit disappointed. Than, uh, <laughs> I'm not a great cook.
2: Well, before we get to the, uh, the the battles and the and the great games you played at Carlton, you played. During, you just mentioned that your parents got you through uh, your early days of football and wouldn't helped you out. Can we talk about your junior career and, and when you started sort of dominating you must have been a tall i would say probably a little bit skinnier than than when you got to the afl but uh, you would have dominated uh, some junior football
1: <laughs> i started at age eight and uh, mum and dad didn't want us to play the game i had an older brother paul who's a year older he was nine so local footy cover first year i don't think i did anything uh, special but the second year just really started to come alive a little and uh, even when yeah well i went to a local primary school at over a thousand kids, and so when I was in grade four, the uh, the, the coaches, uh, the two teachers that were uh, coaching uh, the f- grade fives and sixes, they like to my brother Paul, they're like, Ask your brother if he wants to play footy. And I'm like, They come to me and he goes, Oh, the teachers, they want you to play footy. And I said, No, I'm with the grade fives and sixes, no way, I'm not playing with them, they're too, too big and strong or whatever. And I was a tall kid, but uh, yeah, they convinced me to come down and train and then started playing me a full forward. So in grade four, I was kicking a few goals. What's a the field, grade Yeah, just a few. Yeah, yeah. A couple of my mates remember me from those days too. They're just like, man, don't know how you did. I'm like, I can't really remember. But (laughs) grade five, when I was in grade five, my brother was grade six. He was the captain of the team. And then we lost those two grand finals by one point when Mm -hmm. I was in grade four and five. And then grade six, I was the captain. And uh, yeah, we we destroyed it pretty much everyone. We were the best team in Melbourne. We played the best team in the country and they were way too good for us. They were like real men compared to us. And I was like, oh my God. So, it started early. Then where I live now, where I'm at my mum's, was really the Carlton zone. And so at the age of 14, I got a letter from the Carlton Football Club to try out the junior development squad. So we train once a week for 10 weeks. And if you made the team, you played off during a school carnival. So I played – I made the team two years in a row. So underage, I made it playing a, play a fullback. And then the next year, playing a fullback again. You know, and then I made the Victorian team. I was only the real – only Carlton player to have made that uh, – Victorian Schoolboys team and then you know eventually Carl offered me the under 19 opportunity so I gave away Lala Football Club and played two years there made the Till cup you know all Australian Till cup and sent out back so I had a great junior career uh, footy career also you know and, and along with athletics and uh, everyone thinks when I started footy that I um, you know playing AFL that I just started like playing AFL but I would started you know playing since mm. the age of 8 and had you know achieved achieved a lot in footy as well so yeah, yeah, it was, remember, a, it was I, a fun
2: times. I remember, I think, hearing you speak before, your athletics, you're actually, I think you had some fair skill in those areas.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I was at State champion in the grade five in the high <laughs> jump, and then, yeah, I know, like, I had a, <laughs> like the two sports I picked, I was very blessed, I was very lucky. I think grade six specific school games I might have won. Oh, someone said I won the goldman. I, I actually can't remember in grade six. But anyway, I was Australian champion under 15s, under 16s, and high jump. I won a, like a heap of multi events, which is like Dick Cavill. I was pretty much unbeatable in that. And then I, my brother became state hurdles champion. I started competing against him, and that was part of the multi-event. So all of a sudden, I was training for Olympic Park with the coaches and... Um, All of a sudden, I started winning all these races. And uh, when I lost my title in the high jump to Tim Forsyth, who was one of Mm -hmm. Australia's greatest high jumpers of all time, I then won the national title in the 110 metre hurdles with an Australian record. So I had, yeah, I was pretty, pretty, yeah, I was pretty blessed in a lot of events. I didn't really probably realise it then when I was a young kid how uh, talented I was. I was a bit of a, maybe not, I didn't have a lot of confidence, a bit of of a shy kid, but. Just naturally gifted, and uh, we had some great athletes in our area as well that I competed with, you know, all the time. And you know, I seem sometimes now, and they're like, you know, sometimes I just say, "Mate, you were the only good athlete in the area." I'm like, "No, I wasn't, man. There was a, there was a ton of good athletes." So I was blessed to have had good mates around me, sporting mates. I had an older brother, Paul, I competed with, so all that made it easier for me without. You know them. It would have been a bit difficult. I was yeah, being shy even under 1900. And I never really looked forward to it. I made every excuse not to go to training, but I had my brother there and oh. and my other mates. So that that really did you know help help my cause to be able to go on to play senior footy.
2: And yeah, obviously your, your parents being a big part of that. Was there money around for you then, or was it always sort of at a cost? And your family sort of having to sort of ride that early bump with you.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean it wasn't costing for them back then I don't know I mean life was a lot simpler and easier I think because they really didn't have money and in terms of even going into state for athletics I can't remember if the school raised money for me to be able to go I don't really recall but not, yeah, not a lot of money really came out of their pocket so it wasn't like nowadays where if the kids cost you you know, a lot and, <laughs> and you've got to go to take them to this train and that train and there's a few hundred dollars there it wasn't like that I didn't really pay for any coaching or anything it was just we went out and played and, you know, just competed that sort of way, so I don't think we're as much of a burden on our parents as maybe, you know, the kids nowadays who are really, you know, demanding and, you know, there's a lot of things, like obstacles and you really got to support them nowadays to get through through the ranks, so it's, it's different times but, uh, yeah, my parents didn't, I don't think obviously didn't really understand too much about sport, but fell in love with footy and athletics and love the fact that we did sport and uh, I can't even imagine what they were thinking when you know, I was winning state titles and playing, you know. <laughs> my brother was doing the same sort of thing too. So, well, pretty, the Cooter name was a little bit renowned around the yeah, area. So, cool. you know. Yeah, I know. Even Layla yeah, Footy Club came and spoke to my parents. We were playing at East Thomas Town, and we made the move to Layla Footy Club, which was a great club. Loved my time there. It was only a few short years, but very memorable.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And we, we thank your parents for doing all that, because yeah, uh, without them, we <laughs> wouldn't have the superstar on the phone right now, uh, which is great. Uh, but I want to get to the 1995, mate, uh, the reason we got you on, um, and uh, celebrate uh, your Carlton's last premiership ahead of uh, the Carlton-Geelong game. Tomorrow, I just want, take me back to '95, mate. Um, when did when did this campaign start? I, mean, I wanted to sort of pick your brain because we hear the Essendon players and and uh, you know people of the two thousand team, and they said it started the day that you knocked them off in that prelim in '99. <laughs> Um, this amazing team that you played in Won 20 games out of 22 in the home and away season And then went on to dominate the finals um, When when did it start for Carlton um, to dominate this year?
1: No, I reckon uh, 93 when they lost to um, Essendon In the grand final And uh, I was emergency that day So I, I signed my contract at the end of 1990 Not getting a game in 91 Six games 92 I played eight games in 93 So I struggled early on um, To get the games, and uh, that loss there, no doubt hurt the Blues, and they went in their favour. But Essendon destroyed them that day. Um, And then '94, we were basically sitting happily on top of the ladder after beating West Coast. I think around 20 at Princes Park uh, by about 10 goals, and then uh, we beat Richmond. and I think what occurred in the last round, we lost to Essendon, so we finished second on the ladder, and West Coast might have been on top. And then we played Geelong, who was uh, sorry, Melbourne, who was seventh. We lost to them somehow. In the second half, half we faded away. Then we played Geelong, who had four, I reckon, of their top ten players out. We probably thought it would be a walk-in, and uh, we got absolutely uh, thrashed by Geelong. And So we went out in straight sets in 95. I reckon it started then. I don't think our preseason was great in 95, as far as I can recall. And uh, and we had uh, some aging superstars, so we knew that. I worked with a sports psychologist in 94. I got dropped halfway through 94. I thought it was into my career. His his name was Anthony Stewart, and uh, he did wonders for me, my footy, and my career. And so the club employed him the next year in 95. And whether he was a difference too, I don't know. But a great guy and uh, very unusual to have a sports psychologist back then in your club. But uh, for the job that he did for me, the club thought it'd be great to get him there. And, um, yeah, um, he probably helped the cause too with Parco. Helping the leadership and the, and the leaders, you know, a little, took a bit more responsibility there, and we just put together an amazing season—a a season where somehow we lost to the boot, two bottom teams that are still to this day unsure how. And it wasn't just lost, but it was just yeah. like, yeah. here we go again. Yeah, it was amazing. I remember going into the um, the club after we lost those two games. We went straight into the uh, room there, and we all had to sit down and write down who we thought be- belonged in the team and. Some of the things that's going on, what's happening from that point onwards, everything just fell in our way, you know, fell our way, sticks fired up the next week and uh, led us beautifully and we had that confidence, no matter which team that we played even if we were down at halftime, that we could come through and win the game and it was such a fun time. I mean, you know, Monday night recovery was all the stories from the weekend, getting drunk and having a good time. It was just an unbelievable time, boys, really to play footy. I'm always... Forever grateful, I walked in that football club when I did. It had decades of success, so I got to learn from some of the great leaders of the club. But then the culture that I experienced for the first twelve years of my seventeen seasons that I was there, I got to witness both sides of it and understand now how important culture is. If I didn't see that last five years, I probably never really uh, would have understood and how good John Elliott was as a president as well, and how he led the club and created a family environment that we all look forward to uh, turning up and playing, and hence the reason why we had that remarkable year, 95, we had some absolute superstars in my team. I pinched myself some of the guys that I played with and got to learn the game from. And so, uh, yeah, what a remarkable time. I always remember, boys, as a kid, last Saturday of September was always the greatest day on the calendar for me. Though I never, ever, in my wildest imagination, ever thought that I would ever be a premiership player. I was trying to be, you know, wanted to be an AFL player. Wasn't sure, and you know, I never had that. I never really confident looking, you know, watching all the gladiators out there playing. I never thought I'd be able to do what what they did, but uh, was there on that day, and still to this day, the greatest day of my life. So I'll never ever forget that moment.
2: That's so cool. You know,
1: halfway through last quarter, we're up eighty odd points yep. at one stage. And I never forget thinking to myself, oh, "My goodness, man, I'm about to be a premiership player." Here. That those words still, as if it was yesterday, <laughs> uh, ring yeah, ring in my head. It was just an amazing feeling to be able to celebrate after that with everyone. It was just you know at the age of 22, crazy times when I think three and a half years I was never sure if I was mm-hmm. ever going to be a regular senior player. And then the second half of '94, it all came together. And then I get to experience the greatest year of my life, '95. That
2: is so cool. Who who was given that you didn't have that sort of. Um, Presence At that stage Who was the the big presence Walking around the, the change room? I'm not talking um, John Elliott I know what he meant to you We've <laughs> spoken about him But who was the, the player that was that big presence
1: uh, I think there was quite a few I mean Sticks led the boys really well I mean he was probably go down as the greatest captain it Had maybe 14 or 15 lieutenants around him And um, you, know, uh, Ange, you know Ange was very popular with Brad Pierce was popular then, but if we talk about, you know, experienced players, I mean, Sticks was the guy really that led us on and off the field. He was just fantastic as a guy, and he had just great support. He had, you know, admirers of his teammates around him that just did whatever he, you know, told us to do, and we just followed his lead, and that's what he was. But just a terrific guy, Sticks, yeah, on and off the field, who gathered us together that entire year to keep our heads in place to make sure that we went all the way and be able to, you know, win the ultimate.
2: And when you said the sports psychologist came in in the year before with you and then he was hired full-time, did, did everyone have that acceptance to him and understand that he could make them better or was, it, was there some that were a little bit like, hey, I don't need this?
1: Yeah, I'm sure there was something Back then it was unusual. I yeah. mean, even for me to go see a sports psychologist, I thought, I don't know if it showed weakness or not, but no. there was, you know, Parco and all of them approached me and said, you know, because I'd been struggling at that time, and then uh, you know I went to see him, and so he really impacted my life. And so then I think the reason that was the reason, obviously, that they got him to the club. But I'm pretty sure everyone was open to him. I mean, I utilized him well, and I think more the younger guys. I'm not too sure about the senior players, really. I can't really recall if they were there, you know, consistently like us. But uh, I loved him, Anthony Stewart, had some great times with him.
2: Yeah, no, that's a uh, for for the times yeah. that that's before it's time, and and yep. I think. I think now it's 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 just a must, given the the pressures and, and that everyone is under and the scrutiny of the media these days. It's just a must to have a person like that around. Correct. Yeah. What was uh, what was uh, you were obviously playing Geelong that day
0: in the grand final? Uh, were, were you nervous about playing them and how good they were going to be? Considering you only, I think you only just beat them in the home and away season that year.
1: Yeah, we did. They they went in favourites. I don't know how. Yeah. I I recall the car parade, that was one of the great experiences of my life, being able to go in the car in the city, you know, when Australia was Australia, it was just a magnificent time to be, you know, alive here in Australia, and uh, the freedom, and just everything, and just the peacefulness of uh, the country back then, and uh, I remember the Geelong players wearing all their sunglasses, and, and Sticks hated that, like, it's just like, say, so have a look at these boys wearing sunglasses, we weren't allowed with it. There's nothing wrong with that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, as yeah, Michael Jordan said in his Hall of Fame speech, you know, fuel in the fire. Whatever it took for us to go, Yeah, he's right, have a look at him. They think they've won the game, you know. Just uh, but uh yeah, yeah. they were favourites. I was of course I was worried. I mean I I um under nineteen to Calden got the finals, never won, you know, like we lost finals and even reserves and uh uh, so, yeah, I watched you know, them lose in 93, then we went out in straight sets in 94. we just overcome Brisbane in the first week of the final, and then we smashed North Melbourne in the prelim final. So, I can't say I was overly confident, but, but totally believed in the team, but it was it was hoping that we, we could get over the line because it was such a a year of dominance by us that it would be very disappointing if we had lost that game. I don't know whether we would have, you know, we never would have probably recovered after that. So, it was a big one for us, but just total dominance from the first bounce all the way, really until probably the last five or ten minutes where we let them kick four goals at the end to make the score. Not that it was decent, but made it look even more decent than what it could have been by easily 100 points. We kept the accelerator on, but, uh, mate, the boys were just outstanding. And I, as much as Diesel won the Norm Smith medal, I, I thought Peter Dean, in terms of sacrificial acts and those small little involvements that he did throughout that day, stood out in my opinion and you know what he did the all sporting smother just little moments in the game where you just thought you know what we've got this because we knew that you know everyone was contributing in the way that we needed them to, to contribute we had some absolute superstars in that team as well and uh, yeah what a day it was
0: well, we're talking we're talking to Cooter if you hadn't uh, picked it up and what a superstar we've actually we've got to get him off the line because he's a uh, Doing a great deed for his mum. So, um, but uh, just just quickly, Cooter, uh, uh, before um, uh, tomorrow night's game, the Blues. Uh, what are we thinking of them? Uh, how do we think they'll go this year? And um, you know, and basically also, could you believe since that day that they actually haven't won a premiership since?
1: Cannot believe it. Uh, especially breaking for Conwood as a young kid. My brother Carl went. Every year, you know, they will there. And yeah. he'd be cheering and I'd be crying to where it's been, yeah, since 95. Very sad, but hopefully, you know, they can uh, can win one sooner. There's no doubt the window of opportunity is here. I thought last year they would have finished in the finals for sure. I was thinking, you know what, if they get in good and they've got good form come finals, who knows they could be in the top four, you know, and I'm... Um, it wasn't the case. I mean, they just fell away at the ending bridge and all that stuff. But this year, I don't think there's any excuses to hopefully, you know, go along and uh, without putting pressure on them. Because sometimes, like, even Richmond took a little while to come good and so did um, Geelong before they had their great run as well, under Bomber Thompson and uh, under, you know, Damien Hardwick. So I don't want to put too much pressure on Bossy. It's his second year. But I think they have the talent and the ability to be able to at least make finals this year, and I would hope that they they would I don't want to put, last year I'm thinking top four potentially Carlton and uh, I still think this year if they put it all together they can't be I watched some of the games in the weekend and I was really impressed by the arch enemy I don't know if mm. I can say that word I'm not allowed to think <laughs> but black and white yeah. the team I used to break for so they're a little bit of a worry and they're actually oh, I better not say that they're good to watch I hope there's no current supporters listening but anyway <laughs> And, uh, you know, and our boys just sort of blew it again in that last yeah. minute, although we didn't lose. It was just, oh, my God. It was just that same sort of feeling of last year. But I'm hoping the boys can grow from this. And it just sometimes it takes, uh, maybe it might just take one game where something just comes all together and they play this four-quarter game and they continue on. Like that, I remember Brisbane in you know, 01, when they won there, it was the start of their three flags, right? And we played them around six or seven at Princess Park. We beat them by 10 goals. Almost like a laughing stock that day, and then next week they just lost out. Then they didn't lose the entire for the rest of the year, so we, we don't know. It's so mm-hmm. early, but I would hope that with the list of the players you know that the football club has got now that they will make finals this year.
2: Now one last from me, Cooter. Um, we had uh, Alex Marcoux on oh, earlier yes, in the year, he's a says, "I a legend. He loves you too. Uh, socially. This year at the Blues They do it so well He, he said that as well uh, I'm sure you've got Something coming up That uh, you're really Looking forward to uh,
1: Coming up as in
2: As um, in socially As uh, the
1: ex-players and, Oh as in the club Yeah oh, We had a life uh, Life members catch up Maybe two or three Weekends ago And that was wonderful To see all the people I sat next to the guy Bulldog Wayne Gilbert Who I absolutely love, and he was the guy who spotted me out uh, playing at local footy clubs. Who made mention to me to the Carlton Football Club. He was our property steward under 19s, and was our property steward at senior footy. So I love the guy, and I hadn't seen him. I occasionally will ring him, and I say I'll catch up. I never do like Mm. time, you know. It just gets in the way. But uh, for him to sit next to me, uh, I love the fact that I was able to see him and all the other people that had so much, you know. So it was so much of my the great times of my life and a lot of these people were you know affiliated or associated in some sort of way so to see them again was a great time I never forget Bulldog's, Bulldog when I said my farewell speech in 07 when I retired I was going alright until I looked at him and he was crying yeah. and then I broke down too and I couldn't say another word so that's how much you know like he yeah. meant to me back in the day and you know to know that he was the one who just whatever I wanted at the club to be honest whether it was shorts or socks if I needed something he never said a word to me, but if anyone else wanted extra shorts or socks, they copped it off. They, he, he would just give it to them, say, mate, that's enough and whatever. But to me, I was his little, uh, yeah, favorite little child. So he was just a wonderful man. He, just, he, he told me again on that weekend, he goes, kudos. I never forget, he goes, I've seen this guy jumping over and <laughs> He's telling me all these stories <laughs> on my bulldog. I love you, mate. I can't thank you enough for, for everything. So oh, that was a great little catch-up. Awesome. Very,
0: awesome. Good, very good. And just, just lastly for me, uh, so Mark, we had Mark Robertson on uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was describing his top 50 and he had Charlie Curnow as, uh, as number one. Um, now, he, he reminds me a bit of you. Um, is he
1: that good? He is. He is. And I'd love to see him because at the moment we've only really seen him play four. This guy's got a tank like a midfielder. Mm. He reminds me of Matty Richardson, but, like, you know, Richo, to me, was my most difficult opponent. But then that last year, they threw him up in the wing and we almost won a brown light. Mm. I just feel like Charlie's capable of doing that. I mean, we we, we probably need him up for but maybe there'll be a time we can just let him loose in the midfield and let's see how he goes because come finals it's little moves yes. moves like that that can really mm-hmm. you know offset the the opposition where they just don't know what to do and uh, I think he's got the capabilities to be able to do that so I'd love to see him get more freedom where no one can keep up with him and this guy's really highly skilled too and, uh, that, uh, he's a scary uh, he'd be scary to play on so uh, let's hope we get I, I want to see him get a bit more freedom when the opportunity arises. not to say every week but I'd love to see him just play a little bit more you know, midfield maybe wing or in you know as a ruck rover like what I did and see how he goes
0: Oof. Oh, yeah, no, it's very good, very good. Now you got to just teach him how to win a brownie like, because you were robbed of that as well. You were telling us last time as well. So <laughs> did I tell
1: you that last time? Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, I tend to agree. Yeah. <laughs> we well, agree too, mate. Yeah. I pump myself up on this call, boys, haven't I? Uh, Jesus, uh, <laughs> oh,
2: no, you don't have to. You, you just loved, mate. Yeah, awesome. don't worry about it. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: Hey, we got to let you go back to cooking, mate. Thank you so much for yeah. your time. Thanks,
2: good. Well, Always have a wonderful
0: <laughs> evening. Thank you, <laughs> mate. Anthony, Kudafidis, what a superstar.